2: like me.
1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Elliot Pars. Good morning, Elliot. Hey, what's going on? How you guys doing? Quite a bit, my man. So let's start with AJ. We're going to be almost all AJ this whole interview here. What was your Biggest takeaway, Elliot, from what you heard from A.J. Brown with Jack and Ike on Friday?
3: Yeah, I mean, there's so many, uh, it's hard to know where to start. I guess, I guess I would say that one thing that's really stuck with me since he called in, listening back to it, thinking about it, is this team, and, and I'll start with A.J. here, is really filled with people that do not like leave their job at the office. Right? You hear Howie talk a lot about signing Eagles, guys that really care. Like, think about Nick Sirianni. He doesn't seem like someone that leaves a Care and stops thinking about football. And I think with AJ, what you heard in that call was he is someone that is thinking about this all the time. And I think that's a positive yeah. in a lot of ways. Yep. But I also think a negative of that can be he is very tuned in on what people are saying all the time about him, right? And I can only imagine how overwhelming that must be, you know, because especially with how that season ended, it probably feels extremely negative for him right now. I mean, there was a lot of reporting last week uh, that I'd imagine unfairly i'll say aj got attached to he's someone that is clearly online and like listens to content about the eagles so one thing that came across to me was i think his perception of like of how he's viewed by the city is maybe not fully correct like i know he feels misunderstood and i think in some ways that's true yeah but i don't think the city has a negative view of aj and i think one thing that came across there was you know he feels misunderstood i think the majority of fan base and media like, thinks very highly
1: of AJ. So, I agree with you entirely on that, Elliot. Let's, let's talk about the, the early answer he gave on, on Jalen Hurts, where he referenced rumors being, quote, total BS, um, but then pivoted to, but I, I, and this is the exact quote, quote, I'm not going to get into me and his relationship on the air. It struck me as a convoluted answer. That frankly created additional confusion and will lead to additional speculation. What did you make of that answer?
3: Well, first, let's just call it what it is. Like, I think that last week for AJ, when Craig Carton said what he said, AJ caught a lot of shrapnel from that, right? A lot of people spec- fully, just completely speculating AJ was involved with in that. So I would imagine last week, AJ probably a lot on like social media or whatever saw himself tagged into the Craig Carton tweet, uh, tweet, heard about it, like all those things, right? So I would imagine when he talks about when he was asked about Jalen, that's what that's what's on his mind. And look, it is unfair, right? Like Craig Carton said something, didn't have anything to really like explain what it was, and I think AJ got a lot of you know it was involved in that. So I think that's unfair in terms of the relationship with Jalen and it being complicated. I, I like in terms of you know him saying you don't want to get into it. I'd imagine it was complicated last year. This is a team that lost six of their last seven games. It was clearly an ugly locker room. I think you know everyone has heard that players have talked about it. So I don't see any way where that didn't carry over to any relationship in that building. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that you know, when it comes to friendship, like it's complicated. I can't sit here and say they are friends or they are not friends. But, yeah, I think his answer probably you know gave a little bit of insight into what was probably a complicated and ugly final like six weeks inside of the Novocare.
0: Elliot, what's the likelihood that AJ's uh, interview will have the impact, make a difference the way that he'd hoped?
3: Well, I think it depends what he's hoping for. Um, I mean, if, if AJ thinks that by calling in, like, the Eagles are going to be discussed positively, I don't think that's going to happen. Like, the, the, nothing is going to change with his Eagles team until they travel to Brazil and get a win. Like, you know, training camp, people will be excited and all those things. But ultimately, people are still really, really upset, and rightfully so, about how the season ended. So there is nothing they can do. No, no, nothing, you know, everything's going to be viewed in a negative light until then. So if AJ's hope is that you know the team won't be discussed negatively, like they brought this on themselves in terms of the ending of, of that season. Now, if, if his hope is he can be better understood, like I think every time AJ talks, it works well for him. He had that press conference at the end of the season that I thought was really good. I thought calling in on Friday worked out really well for him. Like If he feels misunderstood, I would encourage him to talk more because I feel like every time he talks, he has smart points to say mm-hmm. and I think he comes across really well. So, you know, maybe that would help him in terms of not being as much misunderstood.
1: Elliot, I agree with you a million percent there. And, you know, this was a quote from him in, in the conversation on Friday. He said, talking about when he stopped talking down the stretch of the season, you know, to the media, he said, quote, I thought not talking was the best thing for the team. And my opinion then and now is he was wrong to hold that opinion. I think it actually hurt the team. Because and I it think- it, it, it led said- to rampant speculation. I just and yeah. I admire his I admire his um, desire to try to help. I think it actually had the inverse effect.
3: Yeah. And I think there's definitely people inside of the Novocare that that agree with that. Right. And, I, you know, the whole him not talking to the media thing. And he said it's because of, uh, you know, he didn't want to talk to I think he said something like, look now how it's going. Bottom line is he said initially he didn't have anything nice to say. And then at one point he said it was not about the media. So now maybe him, him explaining, you know, like him explaining how, why he was upset. Look, if he feels that would have been misinterpreted, that's one thing, but he didn't not talk at least according to his own words, like because the media, he was upset about how things were going. So, you know, I, I think that again, every time he talks, he explains it well, he makes good points. So I don't think not talking for those two weeks was a good call and to act like that wasn't a big deal. I, I think is silly. Like when one of the faces of a franchise isn't talking out of anger for two weeks. Like how how else is that supposed to be perceived and discussed?
0: Well that's that's the question. Like how much anger uh and dysfunction are we talking about here with these players? And then Fletcher Cox, uh how how does he factor in? Was he the defenses perspective? Was he the old head guy perspective? You know, the, I have so many questions uh that yeah. probably are, are, are really difficult to answer, uh for for you, Elliot. But uh Fletcher yeah, I mean, Cox I, how what's your perception of how he fits.
3: Yeah, I would just say, like, this reminds me a lot about the discussion after the 2020 season, how dysfunctional mm. the Eagles were, how, you know, there was an article in The Athletic about how no one, like, working for Howie and all these, like, interworking dynamics, how no one got along. Carson and Doug didn't talk for a few weeks. And I don't think it's a coincidence that that, that, that offseason happened after what was probably the last really super disappointing Eagles season. I think when, when there's losing, and I think one thing A.J. right about this, is like it is different in Philadelphia I would imagine when they lost in Tennessee it was not that big of a deal frankly right if the Eagles lose one game it's a big deal let alone how it was in 2020 and the collapse at the end of this season so we could probably go through every player or every coach on the roster and say like you know were they happy with how things ended or how were their dynamics with their whether it be a coach or a front office person or a teammate I think it was just a really ugly ending of the season for everybody involved and when and when you're in Philly that gets you know,
1: magnified. Elliot Sherparks with us here on WIP. Uh, again, we're going to play the vast majority of that A.J. Brown interview uh, and, and break it down sort of question by question uh, and answer by answer coming up here shortly, uh, this segment. A- Elliot, let's talk about a few other things. You're about to fly out to the Combine. Obviously, Eagles brass, I would assume, is already there. Um, what? Give us just the lay of the land, the Combine, how many days this year, and, and what's, uh, what's on the Eagles' agenda, so to speak.
3: Yeah. So the combine's about a week. Um, Nick Sirianni and Howie Roseman will talk tomorrow to the media at around one 30. So obviously a lot to ask them a lot to get into um, in terms of the combine. I know it's viewed as a draft event and it is obviously a lot of the draft prospects will be there. They'll meet with draft guys. But what the combine really is, is a chance for all the GMs, all the agents, all the head coaches to be in one place in a small city, like a compact environment. And this is where things happen. Like I remember last year, being in Indianapolis, walking by, and Jason Kelsey was there because he was recording stuff for his pod. But that's also where, you know, they found out he was going to come back. I think this week one thing that they're really going to have to figure out is the Hassan Reddick thing. Like, I'm sure Reddick's agent is going to be there. He'll be able to talk to all the teams around the league. So uh, while it's a draft event, I think a lot of what will happen over the next five days is things that don't involve the draft, and the Eagles will make a lot of decisions with big guys on the roster that will really shape next year.
0: Hey, Elliot, how, how much do you uh work on the questions uh for this uh tomorrow, the the press conference that you've got with Howie? A massive opportunity to learn all these yeah. things. How much do you put into
1: that? Yeah, put it what do you want to ask him, basically?
3: Yeah, well it's you know, I it's something I've been thinking about, something I'll think about today and for tomorrow. Like there's so many things that I you know, I think the Hassan Reddick thing, like I just mentioned, is certainly a major point for Howie. Uh he has not talked about, it. it's just been reported that Hassan um, you know, is willing, is, is allowed to seek a trade. So hearing him talk about that will be important. I also think with Nick, and I'll, you know, i am welcome feedback on this. I kind of think it's another good opportunity for him to explain, like, how his role has changed. I think that when he, he last talked and, you know, was asked, what do you do as a head coach? You know, mm-hmm. his answer is probably one that he would want back, and maybe he didn't explain it well. I do think now with a few weeks and maybe with the, the you know, kind of temperature going down a little, like, just hearing him explain how he feels things are differently I, uh, are different from last year, I think is an important question. So, yeah, a lot to get to for sure. All
1: right, Elliot, final thing here. I saw over the weekend the NFL came out with the numbers for the salary cap. I don't know how much of this you've been able to digest yet, but yeah. the salary cap has risen $30 million, which is the biggest jump in NFL history. Um, it goes to $255 million for this upcoming season. Do you have an early read on the implications for the Eagles Obviously, it's all relatable to the other teams. What that salary cap information means from an Eagles standpoint.
3: Yeah, I think the the short thing everyone should know is the Eagles have enough money to do literally whatever they want. In all my years covering the team, I've never seen them have this much salary cap space. Especially, you consider Kevin Byard as someone they're probably they're going to move on from or have taken massive pay cut. Hassan Reddick, if he's either traded or extended, that'll open up a ton of cap room. So, I think by the time all is said and done and this is, you know, a rough, a rough estimate, they could have up to $60 million or $55 million to spend. And with the way they structure deals, I mean, you could literally sign probably every single top free agent out there and obviously you have to extend the money. But they have a lot of assets to work with in terms of draft picks and caps, where this is a big week to, like, figure out what you can do with that because they have a ton of money to spend.
1: But the other teams have a ton of money to spend also, right?
3: Yeah, for sure. But the, the difference is you have to have that money to spend. So you're right. Other teams have money. But what the Eagles have is, A, I think they're one of the premier franchises in the league. I think you see that in terms of where free agents go. Yep. But also the way they structure contracts, I think they're better at it than most teams. So when all the teams have money, the Eagles are good at structuring it in a way where it benefits the player.
1: Elliot, have a great trip. We'll obviously talk to you a couple times this week with you out there at the Combine. Thanks, buddy.
3: Yep, sounds good to talk Thanks, to you. Thanks, Elliot. All right.
1: The A.J. Brown audio. We're going to get to almost all of it here coming up in a moment.